Hey guys, welcome back to What the Funk with Shannon. I'm Shannon, in case you didn't know. And today is gonna be a little different. Today, I want to talk about my dad. So, Cody is here with me, and he's just gonna be asking me some questions on the sidelines here about my dad. Let's start with why today's podcast episode is about your dad. So this will be going live April 18th. We are recording this on April 13th. Today would mark seven years since my dad passed away. With that being said, let's start at your childhood. Okay. Growing up, what was your relationship like with your father? From a very young age, I remember him being my best friend. I just wanted to be like him. I was like his little shadow. He was a maintenance man, but also loved being out in the yard and being outdoors and outside doing yard work literally every weekend, it felt like. And I was just right there beside him playing in the dirt. I'm from a family with three kids. I'm the middle child and I'm also the only girl. So my parents used to always say like, you're daddy's little princess, you're, you know, his little girl, his only little girl. So yeah, that's just kind of like the dynamic that I had as like, or what I, from what I remember as a child. And in the household, knowing you and knowing your dad, would you say that he was pretty much like the head of the house? Oh yeah, he like, he ran that shit. He, I think as a child, I didn't really understand really the dynamics, but now looking back, like he was the one who held us all together. You know, I think I, I mean, I grew up in a household with a special needs older brother and none of us really knew how to handle some things with him, but somehow my dad just knew mm -hmm. how to reel us all in. Right. You know, there was like a lot of dysfunction, it felt like, which it's like that in any household, I feel like, but he kind of knew how to pull it all together and glue it back, you know? Do you think that, especially growing up with the family dynamic that you did, your dad helped instill some traditions that you carry personally to this day or you and your family still do in his honor? I, I guess so. I think a lot of it has been lost, which is unfortunate. Holidays are hard now. Yeah. Holidays almost don't exist now yeah. in my house. I try to like make it special for myself anyway and acknowledge them, but I know that my mom has a hard time with holidays. So. And like because she's like head of the household now, it just kind of feels like we don't really celebrate anymore, you know? Christmas was huge for my dad, and ever since he passed away, it hasn't been the same. Same with like Halloween, which is like really weird, but like that was one of his favorite holidays, and like we don't do that anymore really. Fourth of July, we don't really do that anymore either. And even too, your dad loved to landscape, mm -hmm. and your backyard was like his Picasso. Yeah, and it was immaculate. Mm -hmm. Like, every time somebody would come over to the house, it was, oh my god, look at your backyard. Mm -hmm. You know? And now, <laughs> now it's not that. Um, everything's just kind of like the grass. The grass we used to call my, my dad's carpet. It was like his baby. He would be out there with the sprinkler like every night, you know? He'd be out there, you know, mowing it when it needed, like, 
he was on top of his lawn and he loved, you know, planting new flowers. And now all of that is just kind of gone. Growing up, I feel like middle school is a really hard time for anybody that has mm-hmm. that experience, especially in America. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering how your relationship changed as you became a young woman and you became a little bit more independent with your dad and with your family. So sixth and seventh grade, I was in one school system, like in my town, and I was having a hard time there academically, but also socially. I um, was getting bullied a lot and also just a part of like probably not the best crowd of friends. And I remember at the time being like, no, like, I'm fine. And I love my friends and whatever. And I just kind of became this like angsty, like preteen. And, you know, I went through puberty. And like at that point, like I was in a household of all boys except for my mom. And my mom was always working or it felt like she was at nighttime. So You know, during the day she was always home and then when I got home from school she would be going to work and then my dad would be coming home from work. And um, I remember like, you know, going through my period and like all the stuff and like having to start to shave and like start, like I had really bad acne and like I didn't know how to take care of my skin and like I became more and more insecure and I felt like my dad didn't understand because he was a guy, you know? So I felt like we grew more and more distant Um, because it felt like he didn't really understand me Mm -hmm. and I just remember being so angsty towards him and like my at that point like my mom was my best friend because she was like the only woman in the house so like she was the only one I could like relate to Mm -hmm. I guess so it almost felt like my dad was the enemy (laughs) which is like super messed up thinking back but I just remember that time being very distant Mm -hmm. from him So fast forward to the end of middle school. Mm -hmm. How did you find out something was wrong with your dad? So eighth grade is when I switched schools um, in a different town, but it was like a regionalized school. So there was a lot of kids and um, I was making new friends. It was a big shift for me, um, but I was doing better academically and socially. Um, So I felt like my relationship with my dad was getting a little bit better but still kind of distant. People don't believe me when I say this, but like I literally just woke up one day and I knew something was wrong with my dad and I was scared. Like I just remember instantly being scared and I couldn't shake the feeling like so bad I couldn't even focus at school. And I remember going to the guidance counselor and I went to her and I said, listen, I'm gonna sound really crazy right now, but I think something's wrong with my dad and I don't know what it is. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I just have a really bad feeling about my dad right now. I don't know what's going on. Like, I couldn't tell you. I just don't, I don't know. Mm. And she was like, do you think he might, like, what do you mean? Do you think, like, is there something wrong with your parents? Like, dynamic? I was like, no, no, no. Like, I think, like, I think he might be sick. Like, I think there's something wrong. Mm. And she thought it was the weirdest thing. She was like, okay. She was like, do you want me to call your mom and see if I can get any any information? Like, I was like, uh, yeah, I guess so. I just remember being scared that, like, my mom would be mad at me for going to the school about it and not, like, directly to her. And she goes, okay, like, let, like why don't you go back to class? I'll try to, get, like, get a hold of your mother and 
um, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And go back to class. And then like another class went by. And then I got called back into the guidance office. And I remember her sitting me down and being like, what do you think is wrong with your dad? And I said, I think he might be sick. Like, I think he's sick. And she was like, I just got off the phone with your mom and she gave me permission to talk to you. She said that your dad is sick. And she said that after school today, she's going to, like, they're both going to sit all three of you down and have a conversation. So you were right. But just know, like, they're going to talk to you. So I remember being, like, sick as in what? And she was like, your dad has cancer. And I remember just breaking down because at that age, I was like, cancer equals death. Like, immediately. I immediately was, like, thinking the worst. I was thinking, oh, my God, like, how does one even deal with that? Like, what do you mean? Like, is he going to be okay? Like, just instantly not okay. Um, So I ended up going throughout the rest of my day at school, which I don't know how. And um, I went home and my parents sat me down first because, yes, I had an older brother, but I was kind of like the oldest sibling. So, first of all, my parents sat me down and they were like, how did you know? Right. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I had a really bad feeling. And I just remember my dad, like, crying. And he was like... I'm going to be okay. Like, I'm going to be okay. Please don't worry. Like, I'm going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And I said, okay. And um, he sat all three of us down then in the living room and um, just kind of told us what was going on. And he said, you know, I have esophageal cancer and I'm going to be in and out of the hospital and I'm going to be getting chemotherapy and radiation to kind of deal with it. And, um, I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. He just kept saying that. And I believed him. Um, he was the strongest person I knew. Um, and I knew, I thought, everything was going to be fine. So, yeah, that was how I kind of ended eighth grade. That's how I found out about my dad being sick. So, when your dad kept saying like I'm gonna be okay like this is the treatment we're just gonna do the treatment and then we'll move on Mm -hmm. it's in the past looking back now as an adult having gone through it did you understand that it would be a terminal disease when my dad said he was gonna be okay and that we were gonna be okay I thought just that I thought Okay, he's going to go and have surgeries and he's going to he's going to go and have these treatments done and he's going to be sick for a little bit, but then he's going to be fine because at the time, well he had explained to us that it was literally just in his esophagus and they just wanted to go in and like shrink the tumor with the chemo and the radiation and then they were going to go in and remove it. So yeah, I I believed that everything was going to be fine. I didn't think that anything was going to happen. Yeah. And how long did he fight the cancer? It was about two years, I think. 
he went to chemo like every like not every morning but on certain mornings and he would go right to work from chemo and he was just like the hardest worker I knew and he went about it and he had a surgery and you know at one point the doctor was like you're in remission like you're good mm-hmm. and then a few months later he went back and had a scan and it was not only in his esophagus still but almost everywhere else yeah it spread and i i remember him you know like we'd be at your house and he'd come home from work and he'd have his little chemo like button and just seeing him live a normal life and you and your siblings live a normal life and I feel like up until like a couple months before, mm-hmm. no one really understood that like your father was dying. Yeah. And I recently talked to my mom and she was like, I don't believe it. She's like, when they called us in and told us that it had spread and like there was no, like not much that they could do mm-hmm. anymore. Um, she was like, I didn't believe that for a minute. Yeah. She was like, I didn't believe it. This the second he passed away, I didn't, I didn't think about it. Talk to me about the morning that your father passed away. There came a day where mm, I got off the bus from school, and at the time, I had a friend, and her and her mother were kind of like on and off living at my house, trying to help with, you know, just cooking and making sure everybody's fed and showered and has homework done and whatever while my mom took care of my dad. Because at that point, my dad was put on hospice care. Mm -hmm. Um, So my mom had to kind of, I mean, there were nurses in and out, and my mom was kind of like helping with all of that. So there was, so my friend and her mom kind of moved in and were helping. And he set up camp for the last couple months in your living room. Yes, there was um, a hospital bed put where like my couch is now. (laughs) Um, And there came a day where I got off the bus and... My mom didn't pick me up from the bus stop. It was my friend's mom. And um, she picked me up and she pulled over at the pond that's like right next to my bus stop. And she said, so listen, she was like, there are some women at the house um, and they're waiting for you. DJ and Kevin, those are my brothers. They're both at the house too. And we're waiting for you to come home. Um, they want to talk to you about the next week or so. And you were 16? I was 15 at the time. I said, is it happening? And she was like, we're going to go home and we're going to talk to the social workers. Mm-hmm. So I w- we went home and I'm already crying because I already know. Um... When I left for school that day, my dad was fine. He was talking. And then when I got there, he had his eyes closed and um, he wasn't talking anymore. So um, they sat us down and they were like, your dad is getting weaker and weaker as the days go by. And he's in a lot of pain. So we had to make him peaceful. Um, we had to, you know, we gave him some medicine and he's just going to be, he's going to look like he's asleep for a little while and soon he'll just go peacefully without any pain. He'll be fine. Um, but we just want you to feel prepared and ask the questions that you need to ask and all of that. And so I just, we all just sat there and like cried (laughs) because what else is there to do? 
they said he can hear you so talk to him and you can hold his hand and you can talk to him and he'll be listening to you he just won't be able to respond i sat there and i talked to him every day um and i told him how badly i didn't want him to go i think um as a girl of that age like watching her superman just deteriorate like that just to see that was just really unlike any anything else i don't know how else to put that <laughs> i just remember april 13th 2012 i woke up and my friend at the time um she had stayed overnight that night and we went into the living room and sat on the couch like any other morning and we had decided that we were going to skip first period of school to finish up homework that we didn't do the night before <laughs> and um and then we were gonna go grab coffee and then we were gonna go to school and i remember making that plan with her and i looked over at my dad and his eyes were open he looked at me he was looking at me and my friend saw it too and i looked at her and i was like oh my god he's opening his eyes like everything's gonna be okay like i was so happy that he had opened his eyes and then my mom came out from her room and she went to go hug him and kiss him good morning. And then she screamed. <laughs> and that's when I knew that was it. People always used to say that it would get better with time. Uh, let me be the first to tell you it fucking doesn't. <laughs> Every year it fucking hits me like a ton of bricks. A lot has happened since that within my family dynamic with me internally with friendships with my entire life literally obviously that's really hard too because i wish he were here every day of it you know i wish he were here to laugh at those funny moments or happy times or you know be there to be my shoulder to cry on when I had my heart broken. Just like the little things that you're like, why aren't you here, you know? You should be here. I think going through that at such a young age, I had to grow up real quick. My mom, to this day, she's still grieving. And I think that I had to take on a big role in my household after that, that no 15 year old should have had to do. But I choose to look at it in a positive light. I would never be the woman that I am today if this bullshit didn't happen to me. You know, I feel like I know that I can be a stronger person, <laughs> um, but I would never be as strong as I am if I had never gone through any of that shit. You know what I mean? In my first episode, I had said one of my biggest fears was that if I was to not be strong enough for the people that I love. That is such a stupid fear, but it's something that I fear every day that I wake up. But I'm one of the strongest motherfuckers that I know. And I would not be that person if it weren't for my dad. And if it weren't for everything he was as a person, and it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be that person if everything that I went through didn't happen. Yes, fucking blows, but I wouldn't be here if it didn't happen. So seven years down the line, how is your mental health without your father there to be your 
Mm. <laughs> you know, my mental health is something tricky. I struggle. Um, and that takes a lot for me to admit. Um, I hate admitting that I'm not okay. Um, that's a big issue for me. And I think it stems from me being like, I have to be strong for literally everyone. Right. I find myself with a lot of anxiety. I would say that the ages of, between the ages of 16 and probably 18, I had severe depression, like deep, dark, scary depression. I don't know what happened. I just kind of came out of it and made it work. And um, I do find myself in little downward spirals from time to time. And they're scary because it takes me back to that place of my whole world exploding. It almost brings me back to a time where everything was exploding and like I couldn't do anything about it. Me not having control of anything, you know, like going on around me, Mm -hmm. I think that also stems to my anxiety. So when my life isn't going the way that I want or and planning or anything like that, it suddenly feels like, like, oh my God, everything is fucking everywhere and I can't do anything about it. I find myself in that place from time to time and we're in therapy. (laughs) So I'll call my therapist or I'll call a friend. I'll call my mom. I'll find someone who can bring me back to the ground. Just notice your surroundings, like realize everything you've been through and know that you're gonna be okay. But I think why I do that, like, oh God, I hope I'm making him proud. Like I hope I'm like doing everything right or doing everything the way he wanted me to. I think about it a lot and I'm like, oh, he would have wanted me to go to college, like real people's school. (laughs) He would have wanted me to do something you know, powerful. But when I think about that, I'm like, okay, I can do what I do now and do something powerful with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I did put myself through a school starting with aesthetics and then I put myself through nail school and all of that. But then I'm like, what can I do that's like more than that? So I've been dabbling with the idea of doing oncology aesthetics basically oncology aesthetics is um, doing skincare treatments on patients with cancer or even patients that are in remission because chemotherapy and radiation or whatever does a toll on the skin there are certain ingredients that you can't use on cancer patients or patients that are in remission Um, there are certain massage movements that you can't do because you can actually literally spread someone's cancer through the lymph nodes something is calling me to that because I just want to make someone feel comfortable and even maybe a little bit beautiful when they're going through a hard time Mm -hmm. Um, or even when they're on their way out being able to take that pain away or help it anyway would make me feel like I was doing something Mm -hmm. bigger everyone goes through their things And all we can do is just be there for each other. So that is a perfect segue into where do you go from here? What do you want to do? 
how do you want to utilize the platform that you're creating for yourself to help? First of all, I want to do that oncology aesthetics thing. And then I remember my younger brother, very vaguely, going to a camp. It was like a day long thing. We dropped him off at this like barn (laughs) and he got to like ride horses and whatever with other young kids who have lost someone um and it didn't have to be specifically like a parent and it didn't have to be specifically to cancer or anything like that i've always thought about it like literally just opening up a center or even like a summer camp for kids who have just lost a parent there's something different about losing a parent especially i mean i know i was young um i was 15 my older brother was 18 my younger brother was 10 and he hadn't even gone through puberty yet and he lost his father like the only person that can really teach him things about being a man you know and just like life lessons that you can only learn from your dad and i would love to like open up like a camp or something for kids and like have that because all I wanted when I was going through that was for somebody to understand yeah. and for somebody to know exactly what I went through and exactly what I saw and exactly what I heard and exactly everything that I, everything that I was going through because I had the best friends in the world. I just have to say that. Like I had the best friends in the world going through that time. I had Cody, I had my friend Emma and Lucas and literally all of you guys like you know who you are. <laughs> you guys were literally part of the reason that I even made it out of that whole thing, I swear. But none of you really understood. And I'm and I'm glad that none of you knew how that felt. But I kind of wish that I had someone else that was like, yeah, I lost my parent too. Like, I wish I had somebody like me to talk to. I don't know if I can just open up that space for kids that went through that. Like, that would be ultimate dream ultimate goal on the idea that you during that time wish you had someone like yourself to talk to you mentioned earlier today that you were thinking of starting a series on your podcast about that and i was wondering if you dive in a little bit more about that yeah i would really love to dabble with talking more about loss on the podcast i know that's like heavy (laughs) And, like, not everyone wants to, like, hear about that kind of depressing shit. But I know that there are a lot of people out there who, like me as a child, didn't have anyone to talk to about this kind of shit. If I can be there for at least one person about this kind of thing, I'm going to do it. I'd love to talk more about the grieving process. And I'd love to talk more about more about the situation if anybody had had any questions or... I'd love to talk to maybe even some, like, bring some people on that have lost someone close to them. For those of you that are out there listening right now, and it could be literally anything, and you need some guidance, some help through whatever you're going through, the National Helpline, it's 1-800-662-4357. I just really hope that I reach someone that needs to hear that you are not by yourself in this, that I went through it too. And my brothers went through it too. 
and there are so many other people out there that have gone through it too, unfortunately, but I'm here for you. And if you need to reach out, reach out, reach out to me, reach out to your friends, get help professionally, (laughs) but know that I'm a resource if anybody needs to talk. Well, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I promise you next week's episode will be so much funnier and a little bit lighter of a topic. I don't know what else to say. All right. Well, thanks for listening to What the Funk with Shannon. I'll talk to you all next week. I love you, daddy.